welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers, but we had a problem where we never actually sat down to write. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, to hone our skills without actually writing, we are issuing a challenge. <laughs> Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story sent in by you, wonderful listeners, and then we talk about the rest of the submitted stories. Hey, you already know what this is. This is Do the Right Thing. A, a doof, doof media, media production. production. Uh, what's what's up in your life, Travis? What's going on? Uh, nothing much. I'm currently in my uh, grandmother's closet because I'm mm. in Pflugerville mm. right Smells now. Smells like home. Uh, the great, um, heavily populated town of Pflugerville. So if I sound a... Uh, li- a little bit different. It's because I'm in a closet next to a mini fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I've just been here for the last couple of couple of days, and it's so strange to see how my small town is now basically like Little Austin. I mean, there's like so many more people here. They've built a thousand different uh, apartments, and you know, the air really feels like suburb. So that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I like went to the park. Yeah, I I went to the park yesterday, um, and normally Pflugerville Park and the Pflugerville Pool like has some people, but yesterday it was like every family wanted to do a like cookout, you know, and and it was like everyone everyone there, mm-hmm. um, which I guess you know yesterday was Juneteenth, right? So I understand why, but um, they weren't the typical demographic of people who would celebrate Juneteenth. I that see. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So they probably didn't I mean, I'm I'm not gonna dis di, I'm not gonna discredit them for not knowing what Juneteenth is. But something told me that they didn't know what Juneteenth was. It's like uh it's like Fourth of July, right? It's just like Fourth uh, of July. It's similar. Indi- Independence Day. It it does deal with independence, yes. Yes. Um <laughs> should I should I actually tell people what Juneteenth is? <laughs> sure, really I really don't I, know. Probably most most listening, I think, do. But if they don't, that's t- perfectly all right. We, I mean, we have like you know listeners across the world, right? So, uh, sure. yeah, go ahead and and tell the not joke version of what Juneteenth is. Of course. Juneteenth. So, um, a, so a very long long time ago, after about three hundred years of um, slavery of African uh, Americans, uh, there was the Emancipation Proclamation signed by Abraham Lincoln was basically freed all all of the slaves. And this was supposed to be across the entire nation, but in but in the South, specifically Texas, um, slaves still weren't free. And they weren't free for two more years. Um, even though a, a lot of these slave owners did know about this sort of bill, um, they they decided not to free their slaves. So it wasn't un- until um, people from from Washington had to come down to to Texas and go to every single last plantation saying, "Hey, you need to free your your slaves. They are they are they are free people now. You you can't keep them here." Um, so yeah, they they went all throughout the the South, all all throughout Texas, ending in uh, Galveston, Texas. Um, so yeah, June, June 19th really is just, it just marks the, the day where all black people were truly free from slavery. Um, 
And of course, after that, there are numerous pitfalls and of course, racism and, you know, everything else. But the story doesn't end there and it still hasn't ended. But that's still one of the major milestones of when African American people can truly be people, you know, when when they were truly free. So I know in um, Austin, every every year, there's this really great uh, parade that uh, goes through downtown. Uh, but it is really cool um, this this year because uh, maybe if if y'all didn't know, it is now a official holiday, which is yeah, long overdue. Holiday. Long I, overdue. I, people get days off now for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, next time, I guess. Next time, even though next time it falls on, on a Sunday, but still, it's great. And, and you know, I'm like happy that it is a official holiday. The um, pessimist in me, of course, feels that it feels like a um, PR move. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a PR move, um, especially coming off of the protests of last summer. But at the same time, I'm still excited that, you know, such a great holiday that is that is definitely pretty prevalent within within my family and uh, within within the people that that I do know um, within this community that it is official. You know, we are Mm -hmm. uh, really getting our shine out out here so you know that just makes me happy even though i'm still a raging pessimist <laughs> yeah i think that's the unfortunate reality um mm-hmm. yeah so, well i mean i'm glad that it's it's finally a thing and i'm looking forward to celebrating for, for the first time next year so yeah honestly if if you ever find yourself in austin you have to become a part of the parade i'm telling you it's the <laughs> best food in the entire world there it's really fun and it goes through every single last street like like it goes from like sixth street to east caesar chavez like the whole city it's great um i don't know any of the streets but i'll presume that was uh that that sounds like it's at more than six so that's at least like seven streets at least seven streets exactly at least right, seven right. Okay. Also, before we get into the the actual uh, words and everything, um, I did want to say. So we'll, we'll we've been thinking for a while. Um, Sundays are our sleepiest days for some reason. We're just super super sleepy and tired on Sundays. I think it might be because uh, Saturdays we stay up all the time, um, and it mm-hmm. used to be for classes. And now it's just for nonsense. But we're still doing it. Yeah, just just because we can. Uh, so we're going to be moving the schedule just a bit. We're going to be moving it so that we record on uh, Tuesdays and we release on Wednesdays. So words will be coming out on Tuesdays going forward and uh, episodes will be going out on Wednesdays. Um, and so this mm-hmm. this coming week, uh, we're, the words are still coming out today uh, as of recording on Sunday, but you will have until next Tuesday to put in your words rather than Sunday. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I hope yeah, that's which not I think too you know it'll. But yes, yeah, and I think it'll um, definitely give uh, y'all a entire weekend to really uh, get your uh, to really get your your stories out and uh, really work on them. And I, and I think overall it can really boost um, our uh, our alertness during this um, <laughs> podcast, and hopefully it can boost the uh, content that we d- deliver for y'all. Yeah. Um, that said, um, who knows? I, I'll, I'll probably be getting a, a job and moving soon in the next couple of months. So mm. who knows if we'll have oh, to like wow. move it again really fast. Um, but regardless, uh, the last thing before we get into the show, um, there is a do the king thing. Uh, 
um, uh, contest going on. So that is a, a writing contest uh, hosted on the, the Kingslingers podcast. Very, It's the same uh, format as the Doof the, Doof the Right Thing uh, contest that we've had in the past with cash rewards and voting by patrons, etc. Uh, except it is Stephen King themed. So if you want to go see it, go mm-hmm. look at it on uh, the Doof Media website in the Do the Right Thing tab. Or uh, with there's also links on our Twitter and on the subreddit and on the Discord. So go check that out if you haven't, and go send a submission. You might win up to like a hundred dollars, which is pretty cool. So yes, and don't forget to do the king thing. All right, um, all right. Let's get into the, the the podcast proper. What are the words this week, Jarvis? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So the words for this week were collar, terrestrial. Hiccup and Miracle. So, strange words, but I can definitely see that um, these stories for this week really took these these words and uh, used them in very interesting ways. Yeah, and continued the um, the theme of villains mm-hmm. um, and did it in different ways. Uh, what's the story we're reading this week, I ask, because I forgot that we didn't actually settle on which one we're going to read. Yes, yeah, so so the story uh, we will be reading and also talking about this week is by Nick Yu with The Crusaders. Uh, that's right. Um, let's just get into it. Sure. The Crusaders by Nick Yu. We all had gifts from God, some more than others. However those gifts are used is up to us. There are those who would use their gifts for evil, to commit terrible sins. They might act the part of being good, but they are far, far removed from the ways of Christ. It is because of this that the most righteous and most gifted must crusade against those who would do the devil's work. That's what we are, the Crusaders. And tonight we have found one of the devil's servants, Weather Witch. She had proven dangerous. She had fought against the police when they did anything she did not like. She had defended dozens of dens of iniquities, and threatened those who would protest godless ways. But now her time was up. She would face judgment before the Lord. Sanctuary, Apostle said. You almost ready? Yes. Yes, Sanctuary answered over his radio. His gift brought peace and impeded the violent acts of the unrighteous. We strode from the darkness into the light of a street lamp, coming into view. Weatherwitch panicked, faced with the power of the Lord. She tried to move, but found herself bound by Sanctuary's gift, her hands still sparked with flame and lightning. We'd, we would have to take her before she could resist. God is all-powerful, but we had learned that the gifts he bestowed upon us were not unlimited. Apostles started to close the distance rapidly. Speaker threw air at the girl. Just as Weatherwitch might have attacked, she had to put up a defense instead. She still blew back and was knocked to the ground. Apostle was closing in, adorned with the symbols that Covenant had prepared. He said they would protect from her lightning and fire. Apostle got close and struck at the girl. I felt a small pang of guilt that someone this young may be deceived and tempted into sin. But she had made her choice. Apostle got a few hits in, quickly, striking at her collar and face, but Weather Witch blasted with fire and lightning. Apostle was not too badly hurt, but could not continue his attack. 
Speaker blasted Weatherwitch with more wind, keeping her from regaining her footing. I reached out and used my own gift. I could undo evil acts. Even the small bruises and burns that Apostle may have sustained were reversed. Apostle moved again. He kicked at the girl's ribs, eliciting a shout of pain, followed by coughs and sobs as he continued. Sanctuary's gift could not hold indefinitely, but Weatherwitch was injured now. She would not be getting up easily, especially with Speaker able to knock her down again. And I could heal any damage she did. I and Covenant were far enough away that she would not be able to hurt us. <clears throat> and if she got close, Covenant's work would, should be able to provide us with some defense, so I could keep my allies safe. I watched as Apostle started to strangle the girl. She was able to get her leg up and kick him in the groin. He fell to the ground in pain. She started blasting at him, at point-blank range. Even with Covenant's symbols, he was being seriously hurt. Miracle, Covenant said, tense. I nodded. This is not beyond the gift God has bestowed upon me. Speaker knocked, Speaker knocked the harlot to the ground again, and I restored Apostle. Fully. He took out a knife, ready to end this. No more punishment by pain. She needed to die before she could do anything serious. Small hiccup in your plan, a voice said. We knew the voice and froze. Channeler. A man with incredible gifts from God, who had been unsatisfied and taken gifts from Satan as well. That was the only explanation for how powerful he was. He descended slowly from the rooftop. Apostle! Finish it! Speaker shouted, shooting a gale at Chandler. Apostle almost struck true, but Chandler extended a hand, wreathed in green and blue fire, and Apostle fell to the ground, dead. I hurried to reverse the damage, but Weatherwitch was crawling away out of reach. He said something under his breath and started running. You should not be picking on children, Chandler said. We knew the demon he was currently holding in himself. It granted him power, speed, flight. We could not win this. We would have to run. Run now and you might live. Defeat tasted bitter. Fuck that, the girl screamed. She started shooting fire and lightning at Apostle. I panicked. I kept undoing the damage done to him so he might run. Fuck you bastards! I cringed at the girl's language. Apostle got out of her range, panting. Chandler was floating toward us. Time to go, Apostle said. Chandler's eyes changed color. He now hosted a new demon, one we had probably not seen before, whose temperament might be different and maybe less inclined to let us go or toy with us rather than simply kill us. Yes, I agreed. We need to go. Alright, so yeah, I uh, really enjoy this this story. I um, like the concept of this sort of like superhero troop that's... Um, heavily re religious and i like how it's playing on on gifts from god and uh gifts from from satan and i also really like this sort of like naming scheme and yeah i um think it's all really fun and it really does build this uh, this world um in a lot of ways it 
reminds me of a more serious take on like a Bible man. If you are familiar <laughs> with not. that, what is what is that? Yeah, so it's so it's basically this sort of like after school special that um, okay. they play in um, a Sunday school, where there is this man named Bible Man, and basically mm-hmm. he would um, fight crime and like teach kids good Bible lessons. Um, while also like fighting crime and having like all the gifts of God, like he's actually strangely like really strong somehow. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean this 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 definitely sort of like reminds me of that at at least when it comes to the um, religious aspects and how um, <laughs> how this like main character is cringing at the language of um, this like little girl. I thought that was a really fun fun moment. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like this this story uh, is really supported by being told from the point of view of um, one of these re- religious ex superheroes, you know. Um, and we do get a really strong sense of how how they are thinking um, in face of these two who um, probably have. Um, maybe not even nece- maybe not even nece- necessarily bad in in intentions, but um, in intentions that aren't deemed by God. So yeah, overall, really, I I I really like how this world is being built thus far. Yeah, I, I like the um, this take on villains, uh, putting in um a more like traditionally like you know good side of uh the story sort of perspective but clearly Uh making them at least ambiguous in villainy Mm -hmm. i i like that it's kept ambiguous um how villainous the other side is i get the feeling that maybe weather witch is more of like a vigilante or something um Mm -hmm. or like a you know sort of gray villain but they seem like they're willing to kill yeah where they fight police but they um are generally good and chandler i think is interesting also as like a um maybe more villainous but also standing up against you know things that aren't right like like this um and i I also like all those times where the perspective really comes in like with the the language and stuff like that i think for that for example um would be a really great thing to put in you know when you're wanting to like draw out you know the hypocrisy or the sort of like challenge to their beliefs that the character is facing like when Apostle is, like, kicking the scroll in the ribs, right? I, I saw the word that, like, she's, like, sobbing and coughing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, it was a little too fleeting for me to, like, fully grasp on it, but I was wondering, like, if at that moment she had, like, cursed and said, like, you know, fuck, that hurts, right? Or fuck, you're hurting me. Mm-hmm. Then it's, like, uh, having the, the admonishment about language at that moment would be really great to really juxtapose of, like, you know, this is that's that's a curse word said in pain, right? Not just yeah. like anger. And then um, also, didn't Apostle like take out a knife and was not yeah. the killer? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I mean, on that same point, yeah, it's really definitely pointing out that hypocrisy. You know how they're willing to to kill, but uh, don't don't curse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have liked to know a little bit, um, particularly for like figuring out what the positions of whether which and Chandler are just like how sanctioned the, these crusaders are and how like common their worldview is yeah. because I think there's a big difference in the way the story feels if like 
the world is sort of run by at least like a semi-theocracy or like most superheroes are these kind of Christian superheroes, right? Yeah. Uh, versus this is like one team that is basically like a villain team that just like kills people for not being godly, right? Um, like those are very different uh, feeling things. Um, I do also, I, I do like how like it's ambiguous if it's uh, coming from God or not. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I know Nick, Nick, you said that they they wish that that they had more uh, more time, which I get. You know, thirty minutes isn't uh, enough to set up a entire overarching world. Um, but I, I I do think that you know if you were going to take a um, second stab at this, that um, sort of pulling the eye of the viewer back and like yeah, sort of sort of showing us like is every hero troop like the crusaders are they just the villains that have these sort of like twisted views and like other people are are they trying to um stop them you know like i think sort of pulling pulling the actual camera back and uh and like letting us see what is happening outside of this this fight can uh, really give us so much more perspective on how we are really supposed to feel about these characters you know because mm-hmm. like if the if the crusaders are are the heroes well them being so willing to like kill that that's that uh, that isn't really a you know stereotypical human trait um but at the same time um apparently chandler used to be a cru- a crusader or something um but has taken his his power also from the devil um, as said by this like main main character. So yeah, I mean, I I think using this main character's per perspective is really nice because it does color the the world. I just think on a second go, it would be nice to either validate or invalidate this this main character's per perspective by showing us more of the world outside of this battle. Sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of the battle. Um, I thought the, you know, the back and forth of the fight was, was pretty well done. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think, like, um, some polish could, could be used in different places, but I think this is just, like, something that improves over practice, you know? Um, I don't have, like, much specific to say, you know, other than, like, adding some more, like, environmental cues or... I mean, yeah. I, I really like the moment where they step out of the darkness into the light of a street lamp, uh, particularly mm-hmm. just because it's, like, a it's just a street lamp, which is great. <laughs> um, you know, the whole darkness into light, and it's just, yeah, uh, I, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, um, definitely. And, uh, I mean, I also think that, like, adding a bit more imagery when it comes to, like, what these characters are, are wearing could also really... Um, fill out just the look of this world like 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 i'm not really sure if they're in full like stereotypical superhero get up or like are they in like streetwear with a couple of like with a couple like uh emblems you know are they dressed like uh nuns and ministers you know yes are they dressed like priests and like are the like other guys dressed in like gimp suits i don't know (laughs) It could be anything. Use your wild imagination. Um, but those are those are small things. I, th- I think the the fight works on its own, um, and I, I feel like it maybe it's like a little bit long for like what you're doing with it. I feel like you could cut just like a, a couple paragraphs, you know, mm-hmm. um, because 
some of those moments could be used like for more emotional purposes than just like like the one where uh she's getting need and you know some sobs come out and also when she's like cursing those are are, are great moments uh but there's a couple of times where she just like gets knocked down and gets back up again and so mm-hmm. since you kind of have multiple of those i feel like they could be probably put together and stuff but i i definitely understand the like desire to have like a back and forth in the fight and you know trying to have a balance between like it being interesting and having that back and forth while also not being too long while also like not being too short it's hard to hit the the right balance but i mm-hmm. think practicing it like this is a is a really good way to do that so yeah definitely but i mean overall this is a really solid um found foundation for uh a like short story that i think could maybe say a a lot about um not only this this world it, it can also um speak to our our current world like like i think this story definitely has a lot of possibilities for the sort of social commentary um especially by having this sort of religious angle to it so yeah i mean i think this is definitely one of those stories that i would think it'd be really smart to like re uh, revisit and like work on and really sort of build that depth uh within these these characters and scenes without sort of focusing too much on the breadth of um this story and you know everything else that that really goes into this world sure um yeah obviously there's other places uh doing stuff with superheroes that i'm sure have gone into you know so to to inspire this a little bit but if you haven't um the boys i think has a lot to do with uh christian superheroes and i think they're they're handling it pretty yes, well it i think does, actually yeah um warm has a little bit but that's more just about superheroes in general than specifically about the christian ones although the sequel has a bit i think mm-hmm. um and yeah and i think it's it's cool just to have more additions there's always room for more commentary or at the very or even like i mean it's not so especially for practice stuff like this it's not like bad to like have a a similar message that's already been written either like mm-hmm I, I think that's definitely worth practicing as well and seeing maybe if you can do better than some of those other examples in, in articulating your message. So, And that's a, that's a general thing, not not just for this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, nothing is better than, than a nice fusion, you know, taking odds and, and ends from, from other stories that you like and putting it within your own story to create something that is similar yet new and 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 fresh you know i I think that's the really i think that's a real challenge here is creating something that's fresh you know Mm -hmm. as i said this is a really nice uh found foundation and like you and you already have some really solid um dynamics when it comes to these heroes and these villains and how they sort of interact with uh each other so yeah i would just say keep on working at it and uh yeah i'll be really excited to see a uh, more fleshed out uh, short story yeah absolutely uh, thank you so much for submitting it nick to you uh, we really appreciate it um let's get into the rest of the listener submitted stories exactly so thank you so much to everyone who submitted your story i love not only seeing plenty of stories in the uh, reddit this this week but also seeing that there are some really solid back and forth when it came to comments um so Thank you so much to Haunt of the Heron, Blairy345, Jarby Jazz, Matt Said Words, Mora Didamail, Paradox, and of course, Nick You. Thank you so much for leaving your stories. Uh, yeah, um, let's go ahead and uh, get into them. Exactly. So the first story we will, we will be talking about this week is by Haunt of the Heron with We Shall Fight on the Beaches. 
Uh, I really like this. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is basically, um, you know, presidential speech um, describing, a, yeah, a, a bit, but it's 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 quite subtle. Subtle. So in the beginning, it describes this uh, global climate crisis with these like hurricanes coming into the United States, and um, and then particularly goes into depth about how in like India and other equatorial countries there is. Um, the heat is rising unbearably to like basically lethal levels, right? That, mm-hmm. And it never goes down. Um, and how there's refugees going everywhere. And that's where it subtly and slowly takes a turn. And we're like, oh, it, it sounds like describing and recognizing that the problem means that this country, the United States, is going to uh, help. But no, um, it talks about how... And I, I like how it's presented where it's like starts off with... A, a whole paragraph talking about how the United States is about nation, liberty, and justice for all, um, and safety and protection to the world. But then finishing with, uh, to do that, we have to make sure that each and every American child is safe. And so they describe how they, they, they turn the idea of refugees into invaders and how they have to defend the coastline from these invading refugees uh, who will destroy America. Um, and, you know, it gets really dark. And at the very end, um, it closes with um actually i'm not gonna read it out loud but the, <laughs> basically the saying words. the the 14 words uh minus the the word white in it um which if those of y'all don't know the 14 words is like a white supremacist uh, dog whistle um I say you know, something it? that they say to said it? Hey, yeah sure if you want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> We we must oh well I should just read it and not read the actual fourteen words whichever uh, yeah uh, well yeah I'll, I'll just say what the um, fourteen words are because you know this is something that I've noticed that a lot of people don't really know about mm-hmm. about you know it'll be a really good uh, educational moment uh, <clears throat> we must secure the existence of of our people and a future for for white children because the beauty of the white Aryan woman must not perish from the earth yeah so that second one is usually left off because it's like more even more explicit yeah but the first one is like they can like it's just barely like not hostile you know it, it mm-hmm. sounds like it's defensive so they can sometimes get away with it but it shows up everywhere uh, with Stephen Crowder said it. Yeah, I saw. Um, uh, I forget who, but it was a United States uh, senator basically saying something along those lines, not using the exact words. But then, if you count the number of words that she used, it was fourteen. So it's like, yeah, it's the same message. Also, mm-hmm. uh, so other white supremacist number is eighty-eight. Everyone who's read Worm obviously knows what that is. But um, eight is the uh, as in like the eight eighth letter of the alphabet which is h so uh eight eight is hail hitler and there's a couple other ones right mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah so one of the herons uh piece is just like oh yeah there's a white supremacist president and america first etc and it's yeah it's a sort of dark timeline thing and it's also really sucks because it's like you know that this climate crisis was very much caused by the united states right mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, this is a, a really solid, I guess, speech, really. Um, I like how this story or this speech from this president really does hook you in the beginning before it goes in into these very um, 
nationalist uh, uh, nationalist talking points really how how it's how it talks about the the problem in a very um humanitarian way um be before saying like yeah but we have to make sure that we are good first we have to make sure that um we are taking care of ourselves and 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 not letting those others come in and uh, causing crime. And I mean, I really do like how this is very much so mirrored from a lot of speeches that, you know, I've heard, maybe not from our president, but from numerous people that are in power within the U.S., you know. So, um, yeah, I like really do like how this story is taking a lot of these very real issues and and a lot of these very real talking points and putting it in a fictional space that is able to sort of lightly satirize it to uh, present this sort of villainy uh, in a very bold faced light, you know. So I mean, overall, I think it's a really solid piece. It's a it's a really strong speech um, that is showing both. Uh, that's showing how a speech like like this can hook you and then hit you with these things without you actually knowing that you are listening to it, you know? Yeah, um, so yeah I think really that's, that's uh, a good reason for this sort of piece to exist, right? I think it's like uh, that I, – I know it's like a – not necessarily like a, you know, story with a focus on – you know, fantastical entertainment with twists and turns. But I think like, yeah, when you read it, you see this example of like, in the beginning, you're you're actually totally on board because mm-hmm. they're, they're describing this problem. We're like, yeah, America is going to help, right? And, you know, we have almost like a responsibility and we have the power to do so. And it's sort of like you're buying into it as you read and then it has a turn. And so maybe someone reading that, you know, identifying that turn would be able to in the future uh be a little bit better about identifying that with in a different speech that sort of turn so mm-hmm. um i think that that is a a, a purpose and uh benefit that this kind of story uh brings to the world so yeah definitely definitely so thank you very much haunt of the heron for uh submitting your story this week uh and up next is blarry 345 with petty vengeance uh, so this is a, a cute story. So um, I, I like it. It's nice and, and coherent. Uh, we have this uh, character who uh, is a villain. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we find out he's a villain at, at, through the story, but he is, uh, he makes two cups of tea, right? And he puts in one some drops of special ink, although it's not really ink. It's just what's he, what he's calling it. And he goes to his boss, Sloan, who he hates, um, gives them the tea, uh, and they have the meeting. And then through the meeting, uh, the main character starts hiccuping um, uh, right as they both take a sip. So the implication that the main character accidentally drank the poison tea, which gave him hiccups, which is very, very embarrassing. And so red-faced, he has to leave the meeting room, foiled again, <laughs> just because he didn't keep track of the cups. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like as you said, this this is a very cute story. I um do like how the intentions of this uh, main character is sort of hidden till about halfway through and the ending. And I do like the um how this person trying to get get vengeance by cursing the other one with um hiccups does uh get their due 
at the end. You know, I, I think it's a really solid story. And of course, the, the, there is a message to be learned here, you know. Um, but I mean, overall, it's um, written really strongly. Um, yeah, there's, there's not really that much fat. We don't spend any time really learning about this this main character too much beyond their um their antics which is fine i mean it's very serviceable for for this story um but yeah i mean overall i think this is a really fun and um uh, cute story that uh shows us a uh the lighter side of villainy so really mm-hmm. great job yeah if you wanted to complicate this i think like complicating the the motivation um you know, why is this main character trying to embarrass Sloane specifically? And how does that tie into embarrassing themselves, right? And, you know, you can build up a theme out of that um, and, and build around that. I like the little world-building touch about them having fancy uh, clothes and stuff. I feel like that could have gone just slightly more in-depth just to sort of confirm it. Because I wasn't sure when I read the description about the clothes if, like, it was just a strange description of normal clothing or if it was actually like fantastical clothing. And I think it's fantastical clothing. So just a little bit more just to like confirm it. Um, but yeah, I, I like the story. I think it's, it's uh, a fun uh, practice story for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But all right. Uh, thank you so much to uh, Blari345. Uh, and up next is by Jarby Jass with a secret underground lair. <laughs> with the question mark uh yeah so this is a continuation of that series with, about the flesh crafters uh and in this one uh from sd's perspective and i i think as jarby jess is writing these characters uh they're getting more and more of a stronghold on who these characters are and how they think and such and i, mm-hmm. I think that comes across in the narration uh but uh from sd's perspective with the captain uh harris and they basically just talk a bit before they go into um, this barn where a flesh crafter might be working underneath. And there's just some, some you know, fun little more world building, but more personality stuff that is more important. You know, SD gets pretty upset when she uh, finds out that they might have been wasting their time and, and stuff like that. But it, it's nice sort of them having sort of a, a connection over this uh, case. And yeah, I mean, I think on on the actual story aspect, I think that um, them finding this this possible lair, but then also Harris sort of um, still saying like, oh, well, I mean, this this lead is uh, going nowhere, but they're still just following any lead to, to sort of to, to sort of get closer to um, where this flesh crafter might be hiding out. I just think, you know, this is, again, building on on top of these previous entries very very nicely um so yeah i think that the characters have great control and i'm really looking forward to um when this this plot hits that turning point and sort of changes you know sure um yeah and speaking of when it turns that turning point once you like uh, really establish what the back and forth of these characters are and i'm not saying like the next entry needs to do this I i feel like if you wanted to wait you definitely could wait a while but once you um establish what the um dynamic is uh do something to change it up and and you know uh, see how those characters act if they suddenly have to be even closer or they suddenly hate each other or they have to be secretive around each other or whatever else. Um, you know, mm-hmm. add a, a twist in that dynamic and, and see how you adapt writing the characters. But it doesn't have yeah, to be definitely. right away. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what's the next story? Yeah, so the next story is by Matt Said Words with Hostile Company. Uh, this is also a continuation off of uh, that series that's taking place on Mars about the uh, leader of the Mars colony that's kind of gone mad uh, with the Da Vinci. No, not Da Vinci. Uh, what's his name? The painting. What's it? What's the? What's the? What's the guy? Um, melty, melty clocks. Dolly, the Dolly painting, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, sort of the the cover up going on. So this is um, sort of flashing back to that last scene, but this time from um where the sort of like leader the sort of chief came in um i forget what they're what they're boss of but um came in and just uh yeah (laughs) chief did uh deleted uh the evidence basically and then here we have his partner uh has gone in and during that conversation actually went into the back and sneakily actually downloaded the stuff that was getting deleted and i like how um, the moment of the downloading is actually very tense. We're not sure if the download is going to complete before he deletes it. In fact, I thought that he did delete it before I understood that, oh, it was actually in a couple more seconds, which I I, I think was not, um, I think was a misinterpretation of what was written, but I don't think it was like a bad one because uh, I think it's plausible to like hear some words and, and think that something's about to happen when it actually happens later. Anyway, the point is it was tense and it was good. We had that explanation of that poem that we didn't understand, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't, I still don't get it, but I understand it, so it works in the story. It's fine, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't understand how the only emperor is the emperor of ice cream. Talks about <laughs> death and how we choose to ignore it, but it's fine. It's that's mm-hmm. that's that's on Stephen King, not you. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um. That um one line reminds me a lot of um Psychonauts the uh, mm-hmm. Milkman. Sure, I never played mm-hmm. it, but I heard good things. Oh yeah, I am the Milkman. My milk is delicious. That is like, that a is that a poem? Yeah. Well, no, that is that is his uh, line, and he's basically like the big bad somehow. Okay. But it's just really hilarious. You have to play Psychonauts. It's it's like a golden standard classic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I've kind of I, I've stopped hearing about it recently. I heard it a lot when I was like getting growing up and like first getting into video games, but I haven't mm-hmm. like no one's mentioned it in a while for some reason. I mean, they're supposed to be working on a sequel, but ooh. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah so I like the story by <laughs> by uh, Matt Sidwards. Uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's it is a really strong story. Uh, of course, it's still building on this uh, world that is really interesting and has a lot of political intrigue. Um, yeah, I, I just feel that this story is really um, not only giving us a lot a lot more backstory on these uh, three characters, but also it's building this attention you know and um i i do feel that the tension is is really well placed within this story you know and we're getting a lot more bits about like the the significance of of this poem and like their own personal character in in tension so yeah i i think that uh, this story is a really really well well placed because it is Attempting to answer a um a, lo- a lot of the questions that I had, not only about this world but about these characters. So I think yeah, definitely going forward, um, I am I am also looking for that um, not only this tension to be 
built upon e- even further but but again seeing that change within this story when like maybe shit does hit hit the fan and then the stakes are uh present you know um yeah, yeah i like overall, how I, I i like how the the plot sort of is, is is getting more uh complicated right where mm-hmm. uh the boss uh thinks that he's deleted the information but it's actually been saved uh by sin uh, except that the two characters that found out the information don't know that she saved the information. So I expect that they'll be going off doing things and it might actually run counter to Sin's efforts. And mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of uh, balls are going to be bouncing around and I think that's neat. So yeah, I mean, overall, really, really great entry. And yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking forward to seeing how this story um, evolves past this. So great, great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is next? Yep. So the next story is by More Did a Mail with Return to Omelas. Uh, did you read the original? Um, uh, the ones who walk away from Omelas. Uh, so it's a short story. I'm pretty sure you can read it online. Um, mm-hmm. But for context, so by um, Ursula K. Le Guin, who wrote. Uh, a bunch of other uh, classics, including uh, A Wizard of Earthsea, which is kind of a, a fantasy classic. Very poetic, but also like not too poetic. Uh, it's, she's a pretty great balance. Um, and she wrote a bunch of sci-fi as well. Uh, but this, uh, she wrote um, the short story Blood Child, which is the fucking most fucking whack like batshit fucking like short story that i've ever read because it was like so like grounded and like no no i no i'm like all these things are like i'm saying like it was out of the ordinary and surprising uh i don't want to spoil it because i just like feel like going into there not knowing what the story's about is great because that's what i did and i was like what the fuck um but it's a it's a sci-fi story, and it's it's very grounded, very poetic. Um, but the just the subject matter is just wild. Anyway, the ones who walk away from Omalas is one of her uh, short stories that's, that's really well known, and a lot of scholarship has done about it because it's like the way she writes it. It sort of is like mythological in the sense that it doesn't have a setting. Um, it's just about this this amazing city, and it doesn't really matter the the details about. It being amazing, um, but the the premise and spoilers for it, and you should probably just go ahead and read it. Not that like the spoiler really matters. It's just like it's more like a thought experiment. Anyway, so if you don't want to listen, skip forward like three minutes, um, or just pause and go read it. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's fairly short. Anyway, this perfect city. Either it's like super sci-fi or they use magic. It doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, it, everyone there is happy. Everyone there has everything they want. It's just a perfect society, except at the center of Ormalas, uh, there is a young child kept in an abandoned room, never interacted with, and only given enough food to survive. And it's kept chained there. Just a child, a poor child. Mm-hmm. And everyone in Ormalas is told that um, if anyone shows any kindness to the child then the whole society will collapse right um and so the ones who walk away from omelas is about the ones the people who like choose to walk away and and to leave the city right and then there's a bunch of other you know scholarship and people talking about you know would it be right to reform it to undo it and then different forms of like 
uh, you know, what if Omalas is actually like a lie and it doesn't need the child to suffer, or maybe it really does, or what can you do to make the child suffering somehow ethical? Anyway, anyway, it's a good story. Go read it if you haven't. It's, it's fairly short. Uh, More Than the Mail uh, does basically like a little um, fanfic uh, about it, which I think is really, really... Fanfic seems like demeaning considering it's like this is a, more of like a thought experiment, so I think it's a good addition. But basically, mm-hmm. uh, in this, uh, told from the perspective of like a, a commander of like an army, they go and conquer Omalas, right? All they do, uh, since it's like a, a perfect place, anyone you know who tries to do violence in there, uh, it it doesn't work. The closer you get to the center, the less violent you're capable of being, right? So what they do is they go in there and they just give the child just a bit of food because that's all, like, everyone in Omos is, like, given the opportunity, but nobody does it. And so the magic fails, Omos falls, and becomes, like, a normal city. They get conquered. Um, but all of the people of Omos become, like, the best and most obedient citizens because of how, like, shamed they are that an outsider looking to conquer them is the one that finally showed kindness to that poor child and none of them did it um and i think that's uh, really interesting and i think you can do a lot of reading into there i don't want to get too much into the themes because i just spent so long summarizing what omelas is but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a really good story and i think it's uh, definitely worth thinking about the scenario yeah definitely and i mean from from my reading me um not reading the original uh short story by definitely will after this um i just really enjoy like just how this story sort of unfolds you know i mean it does set up this this child but but i do love the concept of this city and how you know as you get deeper to the center um you you are less you can't do do violence but the but the way that they saw to actually conquer this city is through kindness and i mean that does make sense as to why the actual people that are from there would be more oh, obedient because of that shame the, just, just by reading this it makes you want to go back and uh, read the uh, original text but it, it is saying a a lot on like not only what you might even though these in, invaders are are going in with the quote unquote wrong in intentions, they are able to do more objective good than the people that were living there. So yeah, this this story just gives you a lot to really think about, and I think yeah, it's a really it's a really solid story, and I think everyone should come and uh, read it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, it's funny because I'm already like kind of disagreeing with some like particular points of of your analysis of the, the the themes, but I think that's kind of the point is that you go back and forth and you're like, was this right? Was this wrong? Uh, and such. I mean, if you made a direct comparison to like real life of like uh, another country providing kindness to poor people of of another, right, and then using that to take over, I think like in real life, the the people who lost would feel entitled to all the good things that they had. It would not feel like any shame, right? So it's like the people of Omelas are even better than the ones in in real life if this is their reaction. Because in real life, they would like spit on any children that they found because they're like, you didn't continue your sacrifice. And because of you, we now we're conquered, you know? So mm, I see. I see. But it, not that this makes it wrong. It's just like interesting, you know, twists on the perspectives and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, what's the next story? Yeah, so the final story for this week is by Paradox with Struggle. 
So this is another uh, superhero story. I, I think we almost chose it as well. Um, but uh, so we have this character pacing uh, back and forth in front of some windows where they can see that uh, buildings are collapsing as this great war is happening. And they are sort of talking to themselves, sort of talking to um, their sort of father figure, this like scientist sort of figure that they've never met. Um, I'm not even sure if they've like talked to them. I, I think it sort of implies that maybe at some point in the past they did, or at least communicated in some way. But uh, it's clear that like this is some sort of like a, either experiment or like a mutant that's been like taken under the wing of this mad scientist that's trying to take over the world. And um, this uh, mutant, this main character, um, basically decides, seeing all the destruction, seeing heroes dying to defend the world against these subsurface uh, invaders, um, says that they have to stop this. Even though they're they are definitely the bad guys, they're definitely going to try to take over the world, but they need to help the heroes because they, they need to continue... They need to ensure that the world continues existing if they want to take over. And so there's sort of this sort of like wrestling with uh, this invisible father figure um, that is just like visible behind cameras and stuff. And I I thought that was interesting. It's like that kind of wrestling before finally uh, the mutant steps out knowing that they might die, uh, might be killed just for disobeying. Um, But they are not and they get to join the fight. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I uh, really enjoy this sort of character in intention. Uh, it definitely reminds me of um, the DC character of uh, Lex Luthor. You know how even though he is a villain, whenever the the world is in danger, he's literally the one coming up with how to like save the uh, world. And I really do like those like kind of arcs. You know, showing how like even though you might be on the quote-unquote villain, the quote-unquote villain side. Um, there are greater things than self than self interest, um, and I think that's sort of like explored pretty well uh, throughout this uh, this story. And I also really do like the um, concept of this uh, of this main character being like under the thumb of their father figure, which they don't really know. And when I, I, yeah, and I don't think we ever really get that sort of back and forth be, uh, between them and, and this, uh, and this figure. But I, but I just really like sort of like how, where this main character is sitting within this like wider world. You know, it's, I, I'm, I am, uh, reminded of that movie, uh, Danny, the, the dog, you know, where this, um, where this person was, was bought in the, uh, slave trade and like, uh, he was a super fighter. Um, but he had to work for this like mob boss, um, because he's the one that like owned them only to further, you know, break, break free of those chains. So yeah, I mean like this, this story is definitely really character focused and I think it's, I think it's successful because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, overall, I just, uh, really in, enjoyed, and I think that, uh, the, the ending is, uh, pretty perfect, and I like how it's left very open to, um, what this person's fate might, might be, so really great job. Yeah, um, I think we do dwell a little bit, uh, too long without adding, like, twist to the, uh, question that's being asked, the whole thing about, you know, we can't allow this. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of asked kind of over and over for a lot of paragraphs. And I feel like that could be condensed a little bit or adding in very different arguments um, because the same, it seems like it's the same argument a couple of times about, 
if we don't help them, there will be no world and then we can't take over it. Um, and so we have to help them. And that I think it's, yeah, it's said a couple times. So either like diversifying some of those arguments or adding in some other wrestling with that father figure kind of thing, um, I think would be really interesting. But uh, I think this is a, a really great um, center in conflict for a story. And I, I, I know I'm really focusing on the like father figure aspect, but the other stuff is really cool too. The world building and the fighting and all that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, those are all of our stories for this week. And thank you so much to everyone who did submit your story. So we'll like to give a big old do the right thing. Thank you to you. So thank you very much to Haunt of the Heron. Thank you to Blari345. Thank you, Jarby Jazz. Thank you, Matt Said Words. Thank you, Mora Did a Mail. Thank you, Paradox. And thank you, Nick, to you. And we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not, not only under your own story, but under someone else's story, not only condenses all of your own ideas on your own story for everyone to see, but you're also providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve their and your writing. So, thank you so much to Matt Said Words, Nick, to you, Jarby Jazz and Haunt of the Heron. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, always, always appreciate that. If you want to be like all these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using using three or four randomly generated words from that week. Uh, that's right. And um, it's kind of my attention that there's like a, a small number of people that do listen fairly often, but don't seem to have the time to or, or or don't. No, that's not true. Not that they don't have the time to do the right thing, but they don't feel comfortable submitting because afraid being afraid of, um, I suppose, judgment or that their work isn't good enough. And let me reassure you, um, I've written total garbage on here and I read it online mm-hmm. uh, uh, on air for all of y'all to hear. Um, and it was fine. So like, you know, you're protected by your username. It's not like I know you. Uh, I'm not, none of us are going to judge you just for, you know, this is practice first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just to get you to write. So, uh, and we can also give you like feedback to to help improve. And we're never going to be like harsh or um, rude about it. At least we're going to try not to. Um, so yeah, don't, don't be too afraid about submitting your story, even if you don't think it's, it's good. It doesn't have to be good to be submitted. In fact, I would say submit your garbage because that's what do the right thing is all about. It's about making a bunch of garbage and then making it better garbage until it's like fancy garbage and people would kind of shame you for just throwing it away. But Mm -hmm. like, it definitely like is garbage. So you're like, I can't keep this in the house, but like, (laughs) I can't recycle it either. So you're kind of just like stuck in the middle and it just kind of ends up in your garage. That's the kind of stories that we're all about here at Do the Right Thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stephen King said, says, says something pretty great. And uh, I'm going to paraphrase real real quick. But um, basically, you are not a good good writer until you've written your first million words. Yeah. Um, and that's within short stories, novels, whatever. You need to get all of that garbage out of your system. And mm-hmm. you do, and you should show it to other people because you can't become a better writer if someone can't read your your writing. Um, great things aren't made in a echo chamber. Diamonds are made through pressure, through temperament and treatment over a long, long time. 
So to really foster and hone your your own skills, you have to put you have to put it out there, even the worst of what you have, because that horrible horrible story is just a part of your first million words. Yeah, it's part of your journey. Uh, that said, if you don't uh, feel comfortable submitting, that's totally okay. Just saying it might be good for you, and also we'll be nice about it. So. Um, yeah, and, and maybe, you know, getting over that, that fear about showing your work, uh, you might start benefiting from feeling motivated about hearing your work talk about on the podcast, which, uh, when I was listening to so-called writers back when it was, uh, going on, that was part of my motivation, right? I wanted to hear, uh, my username and, and my story talked about in the mouths of the, the podcasters doing it. So anyway, that all said, let's get into the rest of the outro. Um, <laughs> If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, the best way to do that would be to follow us on Twitter at RightThingCast uh, or on the Discord, which we post the words there uh, every single week. Um, also, don't forget that we will be uh, changing the uh, re- release date of the words and uh, submissions to be on... Uh, the words will be released on Tuesdays, episodes on Wednesdays. Um, so, yeah, don't forget that as well. And you'd be able to see announcements about that on the Twitter as well. If you want to send us an email, you know, ask a question, uh, just tell us about your day. Um, really, anything that's not just trash that we I, we get a lot of spam. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but our email is rightthinkcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> of course, of course. And if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. Donating ten dollars or or more per month not only gives you access to um, exclusive bonus content, including the latest Doof Over, but also you are granted the possibility of voting in uh, numerous polls of future content. Yeah, uh, that the the voting is available at every level, every level, including the the five dollar level, which grants access to um, the monthly doof and chills. But um, it's really relevant right now because there is a new do the right thing event uh, going on. It's not uh, run out of our podcast. It's actually run by uh, Scott and and Matt over at Kingslingers. But they're doing um, a challenge they're calling "Do the King Thing," where uh, is you're basically challenged to. Uh, write a Stephen King-esque short story. So uh, if you want to go see the de- details on that, I've posted the link in the subreddit. It's also in the Discord. It's also on the Doof Media site. If you just go, just go to the Do the Right Thing tab um, or page on the website, it should be... It's the one with the big red logo. That's the Do the King thing. And you can uh, see what the details are. There's rewards. I believe it's um, $100 for uh, winning first place, $50 for second place, $25 for third, but that might be a little bit off. I apologize. And uh, there should still uh, be a good amount of time left to submit, so please consider submitting. Um, it's basically another uh, doof the right thing, so yeah, uh, please submit to that. I'm considering submitting to that, even though it would probably be nepotism. And uh, again, if you're a patron, you get to vote on that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's uh, plenty of other stuff going on in the Doof Media Network. I know there's more bonus content coming on uh, the High Ground podcast, which is one of our really, really funny ones. Uh, we have that new podcast on the network, uh, Pale in Comparison. They're great. I need more time to, to listen to them. Their mom is also reviewing Wild Bow Works. It's wonderful. So a lot of options, a lot of things going on at Doof Media. Nice, nice, nice. So I think it's high time to roll into next week's words. All right. What mm-hmm. are they? Yes, so next week's words are bundle, chip, 
Joke and Champion. Mm, okay, I'm, I'm kind of digging this. Yeah, I like them. They're a bit silly, which always, you know, I'm oh, I'm so like serious and special. I can't have jokey words, but um, <laughs> so I, I do have that instinct. But like, I, I don't know. These are fun. So a bundle as in uh, like a, a, group. S- a group of something that is usually like bound together close together, like a bundle of logs, a bundle of uh, dollar bills, um, something that's like a group that's bound together um chip which uh as in like the flavored potato snack chip. potato chips a microchip or a, a microchip that's a, i didn't think about that one it could also be like a, a chip off the old block or any sort mm-hmm. of like small piece coming off of a bigger mm-hmm. piece it's also someone's I, name that's true i don't know is it short for something or is it just some people uh, are just called chip is that yeah just... i think it's more like a like a nickname but i don't know why okay well, uh, the next one is joke, which is uh, a funny. It's when it's when someone tells a funny. When they make when, <laughs> when they make you do a haha, a hee haw. When they make you waffle. Yeah, or um, uh, I was gonna, I was trying to make a joke about like it being me or something, but me just sounded like not not that funny and mm-hmm. then i was trying to think of other people but everything else just sounded mean uh mm, so yeah but you know a lot of jokes um are funny because they poke fun at other things and or people so okay that should be fine okay um so a joke like my dad <laughs> <laughs> sorry dad okay Anyway, okay, last word is the champion, which is uh, someone that is a representative sort of warrior for um, something, usually in a, in a good sense, or representing fighting in on behalf of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, someone could be a champion uh, for the lord. They could be a champion for a princess, for the evil queen, um, or whatever else. So, yeah, uh, those are the options. What are you going to be writing next week, Jarvis? Yes. So, uh, my story next next week is going to be set in the Big Crush universe. Um, basically, the the Big Crush universe um, is this happening that happens across the, the entire multiverse where... Um, all of them start to collide in on one uh, another, thus making people multiple versions of of their cells, but within one host body. Um, and due to this, there is this sort of weeding out program um, so that the people that are deemed dangerous um, will be weeded out of the mainline society. Um and the way that this happens is that um, each section of of the world uh, produces a champion, um, and and the great champion for North uh, America is the stand-up comic Chip. Now you see he is he is more of a like slapsticky kind of guy, and he and he and he doesn't really fight. So a so a lot of people wonder, well, why are we choosing Chip to be our champion when um, <laughs> Russia? literally has a guy who has a gun for a hand, you know? It it uh, really doesn't match up that, that well. Well, you see, Chip um, has this special power, and it's this power of comedy. You, you see, Chip has this idea that instead of fighting with his fists, if, while the other guy is, is trying to kill Chip, he jokes about 
about the other guy to to get the audience on his side. He will win the the match by default. So um, in his very first round, he is he is bundled with um, with two other comics, but they aren't as funny as Chip, of course. <laughs> um, and and uh, the match is going pretty well. The other comics die really really fast because they aren't really it's that good at die. dodging. Um, but you see, Chip is really flaming him. He's like, "Boy, look at those shoes, man! What uh, what uh, what uh, happened to your arm? Were you masturbating too hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, okay. and uh, he was he was really flaming him, right? Uh-huh. Um, but Chip definitely got shot in in the arm, but he was able to finish his his tight five minutes. So, um, by the by the end of the the match, it was called a draw because Chip. Did you know he is bleeding? But but the other guy was bleeding in his heart. Wow, that's really good. I love how those three other comics just mm-hmm. I don't where are they even from? Are they all did America send like a whole comedian yeah. team? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So like so like each nation uh picks picks either a a group of people or um one person just uh depending on their assigned power level okay okay Uh i see um okay great uh my story will be about the chip champion uh so there was a bag of chips uh it's and then a post-apocalypse happened uh, nukes went off all the people died and only rats and cockroaches lived and the radiation made things come to life including uh this bag of chips so this bag of chips is a small society of chip society um they live in a gamer room Right, uh, he had spilled his his chips all over the floor, and now they they're all alive. Um, and um, so this there's this chip champion. He's gonna champion. He's gonna be the champion of the chips because uh, oh no, uh, a rat came in and ate some of the chips. So he has to go fight the rat. He goes to fight the rat, and uh, he brings a whole bundle of like weapons and defenses, including um, a bunch of guns. And stuff like small chip-sized guns, mm-hmm. and um, he shoots the rat, and um, the rat's like, because uh, the rat's smart because uh, of the radiation. The rat's like, "Is this a joke? These guns are so small." And then Chip's like, "Well, I'm not small." And then uh, he lets he jumps into the rat's mouth, and the rat's like, "Okay, um, tasty snack," and he eats he eats uh, the chip champion, but. Uh, some chip gets stuck in the rat's throat and it chokes and it <gasps> dies. Whoa. Ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, hey, he accomplished his main goal, but at what cost? You know? His life. That's the that was what the cost was. Okay. Well, you know, I mean um I don't think sacrificing yourself is always the right thing to do, but within the context of this story. I think the chip champion really, really did the right thing. You said it twice. <laughs> <laughs>